I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 340 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest joining me today for a little Monday motivation. Edwin Ariave is the founder and CEO of Skyline Security Management, which is one of the largest dealers of Brinks Home Security. He is married to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Teddy Mellencamp, who was the daughter of legendary singer John Mellencamp. Edwin has been featured on many podcasts that have been hosted by dads you've heard right here on First Class Fatherhood, including Ed Milet, David Meltzer, Bedros Koulian, Jordan Belford, and some others. Uh, his mindset is solid, and I hope that today's interview will provide some value and some motivation for you because Edwin is the real deal. He is a story of somebody that went from nothing to become a millionaire. Edwin Ariave will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. And Edwin is sitting in front of what appears to be a Lamborghini. It's definitely a high-end sports car. You guys can prove me wrong here. Check it out. I mean, it looks like a Lamborghini to me. If you would like to watch the conversation between uh, myself and Edwin, please hit First Class Fatherhood with a subscribe on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And Friday on the podcast, talk about an incredible mindset. The dad known as the Iceman, who has been the subject of many scientific studies, Wim Hof will be joining me here. He has got multiple Guinness Book of World Records for just his amazing ability to withstand extremely cold temperatures. He has performed tasks such as climbing Mount Kilimanjaro wearing only a pair of shorts. He swims under glaciers. He's just a freak of nature, uh, but he relies on what he calls the Wim Hof Method, which is a mixture of mindset and breathing techniques. Don't miss out on our conversation coming Friday. Wednesday on the podcast here, Bubba Page, who has launched multiple startup companies and sold them for over a million apiece. He'll be stopping by, and please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who else will be joining me here. I got some great guests lined up here for you in the future. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Edwin Ariave. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's be honest, dads. Right now, none of us want to set foot inside a store, but we still want to be able to get some awesome gear. That's why I'm excited to tell you that I have partnered with Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post is a subscription service for men where every month you get to choose a box of awesome filled with unique items. Everything from grooming gear to unique house items to outdoor gear. I'm talking about stuff you can't find on Amazon. New boxes are added regularly for you to choose from. You have complete control over your subscription service and every box is packed with over $75 worth of gear. But it only costs you $45 and as a bonus... First Class Fatherhood listeners get 20% off their first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. That's boxofawesome.com. Enter the promo code FATHERHOOD20 at the checkout, and First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to receive 20% off their first box of awesome. Check the show notes for the link, boxofawesome.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD20 and receive 20% off your first box of awesome. All right, joining me now, First Class Father, Edwin Ariave. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me, Alec. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I just had my fourth one. 
So I have a six and eight and uh, 11 year old and now a six week old. Yeah, very cool. I got four kids myself. I had my three boys first and then uh, I had the girl on the end there. What, what's your uh, uh, mix up there? So I have three girls and then I have a boy that's in the middle. So I have two girls, the 11-year-old, the 8-year-old, and then my, my son is five and a half. And then we just got another girl. Very cool. What type of uh, sports activities are the older ones into? Basketball. Well, they're starting to get into basketball. It's funny, my, my five and a half-year-old, I've been begging him to get into football and has not wanted any part of football whatsoever. And literally one day I just decided to, I had this like packaged John Madden game that I hadn't opened in like three years. I opened it and I put it on the PlayStation and then all of a sudden he started playing it and now he loves it. He can't stop talking about football. So who would have known that a PlayStation would have finally made the difference in him liking and understanding football? Because I was trying to direct him on what everything meant. Never got it. Once he played PlayStation, fixed it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah very cool if you could Edward, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do yeah so my background is home security um i'm in the smart home security industry i uh quick background is i came to the u.s at six years old unfortunately two weeks after coming to the u.s our home gets raided by law enforcement uh, both my parents went to jail that day for suspicion of drug trafficking unfortunately eight months later they got acquitted at that point i thought you know, the nightmare was over. However, the nightmare was just beginning because every year after that, our home would get raided at least once a year. And then finally on that fourth year, it got raided one last time. And this time they were able to put my dad for a very, away for a very long time. And his last words to me were, son, you need to become the man of the house and you need to take care of this family. Our family had grown by then. I had some siblings. He left us some money. Um, so for three years, we were okay. Uh, but then we ran out of money. And we had to move into a city called Huntington Park, uh, which is not to be confused with Huntington Beach, polar opposites. And at first it was okay. We found a three-bedroom apartment. However, like four months into it, we couldn't afford the apartment anymore. So we had to rent two bedrooms in the apartment. And my siblings, mother and I, were left to live in this tiny little bedroom that I remember had no windows. And as you can imagine, it wasn't the best living situation. It was crammed. It was a little dirty. I still, remember, I still remember roaches waking me up in the middle of the night. But that's, that was um, the other thing I remember at that time is that I became obsessed with making 100 grand a year. Uh, this is back in you know, 1993 or something like that. And I, I related that number to getting my, my family out of the situation that we were in. And the other thing I remember very vividly was uh, my mom would pray over me every night, every morning. And that was important to me because it taught me the importance of faith. You know, if you're, if you're ever going to go after your dreams, you're probably going to take on some God-sized challenges. And when you take on God-sized challenges, you know, self-sufficiency is, is no longer an option. It's in those moments where um, you need to believe in a higher power to give you that confidence that you have to go through uh, when you're going after your dreams because there's a lot of resistance that happens when you go after your dreams. Anyway, I was lucky enough at 15 years old to get a job at a call center. And at the time I thought this has to be the worst type of job that I could have ever gotten because I was so timid and shy. But at this point, I'm so grateful to have a job and so fearful to lose it that I went in there. I outworked everybody. By the age of 18, I had become the manager. I was in charge of 40 people, started making about $1,000 a week. Uh, But more importantly, I became the right hand of the VP of sales. And the reason that's important is because 
three years after that, uh, he comes into my office and uh, he's, you know, we all have these life changing moments. And he says, hey, I'm going to start this home security company from the ground up. And uh, I want you to come help me build it. I can't build it without you. And if you help me build it, you're, I can't guarantee you $70,000 a year that you make here. But if you make this work, you can possibly double, triple, quadruple what you make here. And the first thing I thought was, man, this guy's making two hundred fifty grand a year and he's resigning, so he must be pretty serious. The second thing I thought was, man, if he's willing to teach me how to start a company from the ground up, I'm like, this is my shortcut to college. And the third thing I thought was, I knew I was a big dreamer. I was a big dreamer that one, I knew that one day I was going to buy my mom her house and take care of my uh, siblings. And I was also the kid that would ditch school, which is probably why I ended up with a 1.8 GPA from high school. But I literally would ditch school to go to Rodeo Drive, do window shopping all day long. And then I'd go to Hollywood Hills and Beverly Hills. And I literally would dream about living in one of these homes that has an amazing view, looking at the city, having a home that's on the sand and all these things. And I knew that if I was ever going to make those dreams happen, $70,000 a year just wasn't going to make it. And I knew I had to get out of my comfort zone and step into that uncertainty. Uh, but again, for me, I love uncertainty. It's, it's where I feel most alive. It's uncertainty is where I know I'm going to grow. Uncertainty is where my need for God gets heightened. Uncertainty is where God has always met me. And it's an uncertainty where we've always accomplished some great things together and there's some great goals together. So, um, yeah, and then, uh, that was the big start of it. And 21 years later, companies made over 350 million in the next, um, three years, we'll probably make the same amount it took us to do the, the first 21 years. And, and, and we literally feel like we're just getting started. Yeah. Well, what an incredible ride you've had here, Edwin. That's an awesome, uh, I- inspiring vision that you were able to follow. What, um, so then how old were you when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life and stuff? Huge, Alec. Um, it, it's, it was the biggest life changer in my life. I was 32 at the time. And uh, prior to that, I was in my single life. I, I was a little, not reckless, but um, I was a little bit of a womanizer, I guess you could say. And, and uh, having my first daughter at 32 just made me slow my brakes. And I realized the importance of, of being a good uh, example to my daughter. And, and I just didn't want her meeting different women all the time. Um, you know, unfortunately, my first daughter was from a previous relationship where we had broken up a month after a month after we broke up. I found out she was pregnant. Um, and it was just one of those relationships where we, pro- we weren't going to go back. Um, now the mom and I have a great relationship and uh, we've been able to co-parent very well together. Um, but it was, it was a defining moment in my life because it made me, again, slow my row and, and, and focus on other things, um, on, a, on becoming a family man. Yeah, very cool. And what is the relationship like between your eldest daughter then and uh, the, the rest of your children? Amazing. Um, you know, my daughter, so just crazy how it happened. So three weeks after my daughter was born, she met my wife uh, at the time, my girlfriend. Um, well, at the time, I'm sorry, I met my, my, uh, my wife, who's at the time my girlfriend, three weeks after she, she was born. So Teddy has known my daughter since she was three weeks old. Now, remember, I was already finished with the, you know, we were already done with the previous relationship from the time it started. So it's not like three weeks later, I found a new girl and I left the, the wife. I mean, I left the girlfriend. Um, 
And uh, that's, that's huge because Teddy is like a mom to her. She's known her since she was, you know, three weeks old. And, um, and she comes over every weekend. And uh, my, my daughter, she's, she's like my daughter's idol, my, my uh, eight-year-old's uh, idol. And you awesome. know, one thing I can tell you, what a blessing it is to just know your kids are, have a kind heart. I mean, if, if I could ask for something, it's, it's for my kids to have a kind heart and to look out for people's best interest and just to love people and serve people first. That's probably the most thing, the, the, the thing that I'm proud of the most is just the kind hearts that, that my kids have. Yeah, very well said. And uh, what about as far as uh, discipline goes, Edwin? What type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Is it, diff- is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? So Teddy's a way better uh, disciplinary than, than I am. She's kind of the one that's, 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 that's the, the one that gives it to him hard as far as like the rules and I'll enforce them if they're getting out of line, but she's kind of the, the, the tough one. I'm kind of the fun dad. Let's have fun with dad and let's have fun. And, and, uh, but at the same time, they know that uh, when they cross the line, if I have to, I, I rarely have to do it, but um, it's, it's been more of, of Teddy. What I try to do is just be an example to them as much as possible. You know, um, again, one of the things I preach to them all the time is like, again, have people's best interests, make sure people are feeling comfortable. You know, my, my youngest is, you know, I love that she goes out of her way when, when a new student comes in to making them feel comfortable, you know? Um, so that's, that, that's something, you know, just treat people the way you want to be treated. And, and yeah, humility is huge. Like I, that's one thing I, I talk to them all the time. Humility is everything. You know, you got, now don't get me wrong. You, you got to have some ambition, right? Uh, but it needs to be a combination of ambition and humility uh, because without ambition, you end up doing nothing and you call it humility. Uh, so what I understand is that ambition by itself is not a good thing, but ambition and humility is literally, you know, everything because with some ambition and humility is how you can pursue greatness. And when you pursue greatness, that's your biggest act of service. That's how you can inspire people. Yeah, great stuff. And I know that right now we're right in the middle of this, uh, you know, uh, world pandemic or whatever we call it with the coronavirus. I have my four kids. They're all home from school. So we've had to adapt here. How has that affected uh, your business and what you do and how have your kids uh, responded to this whole thing? Um, So in in the business, it's uh, we've had a just shift, right? I can't tell you how many conference calls I'm on all day. I'm I'm Zooming every day. I'm probably working the hardest I've, I've worked. Um, there's just something that takes over me during uncertainty. I know that there's, uh, I'm going to grow from it. Uh, again, it, it's one of those places where I've always, I seem to be more alive during uncertainty. It's, it's sort of when I know that my competition has fallen asleep. I find out this is where I call it identity, um, identity building season. The reason I call it identity building season is, it's when, a cri- when you could succeed in a crisis, your self-worth automatically increases, right? And at the end of the day, it's all about your self-worth. And the way you build your self-worth is by putting yourself in circumstances that demand more than you think you're worth. And when you succeed at those situations, your self-worth automatically increases. So it's an opportunity for you to succeed during adversity, which, again, takes you to that next level because – Everyone can succeed when things are going right for them. It's can you succeed 
during adversity. I, I think that's the difference maker from ordinary to extraordinary. I think the elite people, the, the true winners can handle success even though they're going through adversity. They don't let adversity kind of throw them off. So I look at it as a challenge to, to bring my best version because, again, it's also the better I am at attacking that challenge, the more calmness I give my family, right, because I'm under control, they're under control. So in these moments, I'm, I'm more structured than ever. I wake up earlier. I still do my workouts in the morning. My routine is the same. I, you know, I, I try to be, you know, take a shower as early as possible so I could be in my, in my um, uh, dress clothes as if I'm going to work. Um, today was so busy. I didn't even get a chance to do that. I'm still in my workout clothes. Uh, but for the most part, you know, seven, seven a.m. I'm, I'm trying to be showered already, ready to go do my breakfast in the morning with the kids, seven to eight, and then start working about eight 30 in the morning. Um, but I'd like, I, I spend that hour with the kids, um, three o'clock, spend another walk around the, the neighborhood with the kids and then we'll have dinner together. Um, so I love the fact that we're, all at the house to be you know to be honest with you it's i'm actually embracing that and 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 finding great joy in just having them around every day um you know teddy's obviously had to deal with um she's becoming a teacher now because she's doing you know helping them with the teachings every morning and um uh, so she's she's had her because she she works as well so she's had her hands uh pretty full yeah, as we all have, we've all seemed to, uh, you know, taken on the role of a homeschool teacher here throughout this whole thing. Uh, yeah. But and you know what I wanted to hit you on here is, you know, a, a lot now, a lot of the kids now are on using more technology than ever before, because now they're, they're doing online schooling. And technology is one of the things that as parents, we really I mean, I know I struggle with it. I know many parents do it as well, because we're kind of battling with the technology throughout the entire day, throughout the entire week. And, and there's a lot of dangers that are involved in there with, uh, you know, you never know who's trying to get in touch with your kids. How do you kind of uh, handle or monitor all the technology and the screen time and all that stuff with your kids? Today's episode of First Class Fatherhood is being sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They worked with top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. Now, they sent me their products, and I can tell you this. The packaging is first rate. The taste is delicious, especially the strawberry lemonade energy supplement. Also, I mixed one packet of the chocolate protein with a 12-ounce glass of milk, and it was banging. I would encourage everybody out there to try Ladder out for yourself. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can score 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. Use the promo code BETTEREVERYDAY. That's one word, BETTEREVERYDAY, and you're going to save 30% off. The link is in today's show notes, ladder.sport. Use the promo code BETTEREVERYDAY. Save 30% off and unlock your best in every situation with Ladder. There's a lot of dangers that are involved in there with, uh, you know, you never know who's trying to get in touch with your kids. How do you kind of uh, handle or monitor all the technology and the screen time and all that stuff with your kids. Yeah. So really the only time we do technologies on, on big drives. Um, so like whenever we're going to, you know, an hour, we have an hour drive or something like that and kind of give it to them as a reward. Uh, but like at the table, 
during sit downs, no one's everybody leaves their phones and iPads and no one has them. Well, my kids, none of my kids have iPhones. My, my 11 year old has one to, to text, but uh, my other ones don't. And for us, it's important for them to know that um, we keep that very limited. Maybe an hour a day is what we do. Um, and we typically leave that for weekends. So during, during school week, we don't, we don't allow the, the tablets. But it's been good. You know, during dinner, you know, we always play this game of who knows. Uh, know your, you know, one of my son's name is Cruz. So who knows Cruz best? And we'll ask questions about Cruz, and we'll see who gets it right. And then Cruz will say, you're right, you're wrong. So we'll say, what's your favorite sport? And, you know, everybody will take a turn. And whoever gets it right, he'll choose, right? Um, that's a basic one, but sometimes we'll go into some deep ones. And we have fun doing that game during lunch because we really learn from each other. And, you know, people's, people change, right? One day their favorite color was purple. Now it's pink, you know? So it's fun <laughs> while we're having lunch. We're always trying to have a conversation during lunch. I'm always asking them, you know, what, what, what are you looking forward to today? What made you happy yesterday? What are you What are you enjoying this week? You know things like that. Yeah, very cool. And what, what, one thing else, uh, and another thing I wanted to ask you here is, I love to ask entrepreneurs and guys that have created their own way in life here. Uh, a lot of the dads that I talk to, uh, they have kids that are that are either getting ready to go to college or they're in high school looking at colleges, and they're concerned because they're still buried in college debt, and they don't want their kids to go through the same thing. But it, they're not sure if it's the right path to take. What, in your opinion, is college necessary for kids? to succeed in today's world? Uh, well, you know, I graduated with a 1.8 GPA. I didn't go to college. Um, I'd say college is great as far as the, the associations that you built in college, right? You, you're going to meet people that are going to stretch you. And in life, you have to be stretched, right? Um, you hang out with the right people, you're probably going to do pretty well. So I think college is great for that. I think college is great for teaching you to start something and finishing it. And, and build that identity, right? But I think the most important thing is, is developing the mindset, you know, the, the principles of success. Those things are what takes you to the next level, right? Because there's a lot of guys that, you know, have college degrees, but the, the mindset isn't right. Now, in a perfect world, you have mindset and education, you know, kind of together. Um, but if I had to choose one, I'd go mindset all day. Um, you know, learning the principles of personal development. You know, I think personal development, if I had a choice, I'd go personal development all day long. Yeah, well said. And, I, and you know what? It, it's happened to me later in my life. I didn't jump onto that bandwagon until uh, several years ago here. And like, just to have access to, to listen to guys like Jim Rohn and to listen to different yeah. guys that we have uh, available now to us through the technology has been eye opening for me. And, and it just a reading in general has completely altered my life. So, um, Huge. And, and I, and I don't think a lot of those skills aren't taught in school, which I wish that they would like how to set goals and, and, and principles as you were talking about. I think they're so much more important than the ABC type of stuff that they're getting. 100%. In fact, I'll share with you a story. So one of my biggest fears in life that I suppressed for many, many years was that I wasn't very smart. And for years, I was able to suppress that. Now, the reason I didn't think I was very smart was because the school system made me believe that because I didn't get good grades and because I couldn't pass tests, that I wasn't smart. So I had that deep down in my unconscious mind. 
And for many years, I would suppress it by just telling myself, as long as I work harder than people, as long as I have discipline, as long as I have integrity, faith, perseverance, I would eventually beat people out. So that worked for about 21 years until I finally surpassed what I thought I was worth, which was in 2016. 2016, the company now was making over $40 million a year. And all these doubts that I had suppressed start resurfacing. Oh, you're not smart enough. People are going to find out you're, 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 you're pretty dumb. And uh, when that happens, you start to self-sabotage. Because in life, you'll, you'll self-sabotage yourself to come back down to what you really think you're worth. Right? So because I had surpassed what I thought I was worth, now I was self-sabotaging to come right back down to what I really thought I was worth. Right? So as you can imagine, the company and I started going on a downward spiral. It wasn't until I took action towards my biggest fear in life that everything changed. What was that action? I picked up a book for the first time since uh, Charlotte's Web. The last book I picked up was Charlotte's Web, which I didn't even finish. And it was a book called 10X by Grant Cardone. And I remember at first it was so hard for me to read it that I basically had to get the audio version. And I had to basically almost write out the entire book. And by writing it out, I was able to retain the information. What ended up happening was I realized that everything that was on this book was things that I had applied to get to where I was at. I just didn't know how to articulate any of that stuff. Like if you were to ask me four years ago how I got to where I got, I was like, I don't know, I work hard. But now this book was like, shoot, everything that's on this book I've applied. So then I made a commitment to study an hour every day on personal development, no matter what. So I started studying guys like Ed Milet and, and guys that have done pretty well for themselves and everything they were talking about were things I'd also applied. So now what happens? My self-worth went through the roof, right? Now my unconscious mind began to believe what I was saying consciously. You see, in 2015, consciously I said, we're going to be this $100 million company. That's what I told the whole company, right? The problem is my unconscious mind didn't believe that right? Because it, it, it really thought that I wasn't smart enough. So what happens? It blocked all these opportunities from making that happen. When I took attack against my fears and I started to now really believe that I was worth a hundred million because the reason I thought I was worth a hundred million is because now I had experienced it. I experienced it by knowing that the people that were making that type of money were doing the same things I had always done. So now what happens? My unconscious mind aligns with my conscious mind. When that happens, you literally attract everything to make those dreams happen. In 2017, I get a C-level executive that was running a billion-dollar company give me a call and say, hey, I love the product that you have. It reminds me a lot of the wireless industry 20 years ago. I think I could help you out. He's now my president. That same year, we end up booking a show called Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which now has opened the doors to a a lot more sales opportunities because of that show. That year, Grant Cardone calls me and he's like, hey, I want you to be on Power Players. I want you to come out on, and then from that, Ed Milet calls me. From there, Bedros, all these big heavyweights call. And my biggest fear now has now turned out to be almost my biggest, my, my biggest gift back to the world. And the way you make positive impact is by sharing your gifts with the world and helping others do the same. If I wouldn't have dug in deep, and attack that fear, I would have never, I would not be in front of you today.
Yeah, that's incredible, Edwin. And I, I've been fortunate enough to have Grant uh, Cardone, Ed Milet, and Bedrill Schooley on the podcast here to be able to pick their brain about fatherhood and stuff like that. Those are guys that I really admire as well. Um, and, and I hear you there because, I mean, for myself, I'm, I'm a person that at one point in my life, I got a lifetime ban from Giant Stadium and uh, only two years later then be invited by the NFL to come to the Super Bowl to interview guys like Tom Brady and Belichick and them for my podcast. Mm-hmm. So, um it's been that type of mind shift uh, that has set that course in action. So uh, I, I love what you had to say there. And, it's, and I do believe in what you're saying. So, uh, and I'm just at the onset of this myself. So uh, I, I, look, I look forward to the future of it with great anticipation for sure. Amazing. Yeah. We, in 2017, we had a mind shift in the company. We became a personal development company that is fueled by a sales service and installation company for home security and home automation products. But at the core, we're really a personal development company. And the culture has been on fire ever since we, we went that route. You know, awesome. Yeah. And what is, the, what is the plans and goals that you have here for the future? With all the success that you've had, what kind of goals do you have for yourself for the future? Uh, so still, you know, I, I'm one of those that where much is given, much is required. So I honestly feel more, the more opportunity comes my way, the, the more opportunity I have to take advantage of it because I believe the, the more you – do the more you can give, you know, the more you can serve. And for me now, I call these things the four motivators. You know, at first I was just trying to survive when I was living in that apartment, you know, where we were all stuck in that little bedroom, right? Um, second is then for me at least, it was the material things got me inspired, right? Then it was getting financial freedom got me inspired. And now it's about leaving a legacy. And for me, that I always had this calling in my heart that one day. I was going to be able to give back to the, to the kingdom of God for all the great things that Jesus has done in my life. And uh, right now, I'm trying to help get uh, uh, buy a, a church land in the middle of Hollywood. And that's got me more inspired than, than anything uh, to work as hard as I'm working. And then, uh, so that's that. And then obviously, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, fatherhood with the kids as they continue to grow. You know, the first 10 years, the first eight years, my daughter, 32, I had her at 32. I was still working quite a bit. And without technology, you know, I missed a lot of great moments with her. Um, now it's like I get to spend time with them. And I'm at a place where I get to, you know, make impact with them and, and create great empathy because I, I get to understand them. I get to know them by, by uh, spending the time with them. The other, the other thing, great thing that I did that I forgot to leave off is, you know, sometimes during the week, my, my, I, I'm still pretty busy. And my, my wife used to give me a hard time because she's like, why aren't you home by six? So then I started coming home at six for at least dinner. And what I realized is I wasn't, I wasn't present. And cause I was still thinking of all the things that I hadn't completed. So as much as I wanted to be present, it was just hard for me to get present. So I ended up coming, I negotiated with the wife and I said, Hey, during the week, I'm going to try to come at six, but there's going to be times where I can't. But I promise you on weekends, I'm going to make that time up. And now we're going to spend 10 hours a day where I'm going to be fully present. So I'm going to make up 20 hours in those two weekends. I mean, in that weekend to make up for, you know, possible two hours that I could have made at home, but then I wouldn't have been present anyway. Right. So I'd rather make up that time. So, you know, I had to give up, you know, some basketball, some, 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 I don't golf, but um, that's another reason why I don't go golfing on Saturdays. It's like, ah, it's my family time. I can't mess with Saturday and Sunday. And I, and I spend quality time with them. You know, we'll go to Six Flags. We'll go, my kids love big rides and stuff. 
Um, that's kind of our favorite place to go. But it's, it's, uh, it's a time to really just spend with them and get to know them. Yeah, and you probably hit on it right there. But the last thing I want to hit you with here, Edwin, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have uh, for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Advice for me right off the bat, um, I mean, this maybe will sound bad, but, but I know for me when I first had my, my children, the, my, my, I, 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 you know, people always tell you that as soon as your kids are born, it's just going to change your life and you're going to be this totally different person, right? I think for me, it didn't happen until like the six months. And for the first five months, I was kind of beating myself about it. I was beating myself up about it. Like, I don't really feel that much different, you know? Um, but then just be patient because, you know, for some, it might come right away. For some, it comes like to me, it came out the five-month part. And I was like, whoa, you know, um, changed my life. But it wasn't right away. And I, I know for me, I kind of beat myself up for that. And then the other thing is um, try to find out what they – what what they want to do first, right? One of the things that um, was happening to me, I'd come home and I immediately would start asking these questions like, hey, how was your day? You know, like I mentioned, right? And they wouldn't want to get engaged at times, right? And at first I was kind of thrown off by that. And, and I was just like, uh, I guess they just don't, they don't, they don't want to hang with daddy and I would get offended by it. And what I realized is, wait a minute, I got to get into their reality first. So instead of me coming in, at a time that's convenient for me. And then all of a sudden just start asking them questions and expect them to just be like, yeah, dad, we missed you and blah, 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 blah. That was kind of the selfish part of me. Right. What I realized was no, sit down with them, lay with them, uh, participate in what they're doing. So if they're watching a little TV, sit down with them and just ask them, what's this TV thing about? Oh, what's, what's this show about? And then they'll start telling you. And then once you do that, then you could get into the questions, oh, how was your day, right? But now you got into their reality instead of you trying to get them to your reality right away, right? So that was a big, big game changer for me. I used to get offended before when that would happen, and that total game changer right there. Yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Edwin Ariave, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. Appreciate it. It's an honor. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Edwin Ariave for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. A lot more action coming your way this week. Wednesday, Bubba Page stops by. He has uh, multiple startup companies that he began and sold for more than a million dollars apiece. Friday on the podcast here, the Iceman himself, Wim Hof stops by. And if you are unfamiliar with Wim's story, you have got to just Google him and check him out before Friday's podcast. You'll just be blown away by what he has been able to accomplish with his Wim Hof method of breathing. So don't miss out on that. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.